Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I got Wags here. This is Dane. And today, Wags, we're going position by position. Let's talk a little bit about the safeties. I am excited to do this. This is, I think, a really strong group, which might be kind of crazy to think about, considering a couple of years ago, this was a depleted position by all accounts. In fact, just before we made those big acquisitions of Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage last offseason, we were sitting around thinking, oh, who's going to play this position? So uh, we're certainly in a much different uh, environment uh, this season with some very talented incumbents returning, not only at the starting level, uh, but backing them up. So, Dane, let's dive right into this. And why don't we start with, with Adrian Amos? Um, I thought he had a really strong year last year, but um, uh, why don't you break this down for me? What did you think of Adrian's performance, um, and what are some things you're looking to see from him coming into year two with the Packers? So I think Amos, in any other year where the Packers don't go on a complete free agent spree, uncharacteristically like they did when they signed the Smith brothers as well, uh, we'd all be talking about how great Amos was. Uh, he's definitely the, the unsung hero, I think, of this defense. He's the kind of guy that is almost always in the right position. He plays sound football. He's smart. He's a good communicator. Uh, and and uh, I don't want to shortchange his talents on the field, but, you know, he's got uh, all of his others uh, intangibles that he's really, really um, good with. So, Wags, I think that uh, he's unsung hero, but he makes everybody else around him a better football player as a result of his talent. And I'm thinking this year, he's just going to continue to build on this. This is his second year on this defense. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be really good for Darnell Savage. I know we'll talk about Savage next. Uh, but I think that uh, Amos is just going to continue to grow, and everything we saw that was positive uh, last season I think are going to be um, highlighted even more this year. I think the sky's the limit for this guy, and he's still getting better. He's still a young guy. The Packers signed him after his first contract, so I think he's still ascending as a defensive back for the Green Bay Packers, and I love his aggressiveness, and I just really like the way he plays football. He's a team player. Uh, just you need guys like this to win a Super Bowl, and I'm glad he's in Green Bay. I couldn't agree more. And whenever you sign a free agent, one of the downsides to that is you tend to be paying for past performance, but they get the, they got Amos at exactly the right time. You couldn't have said it better. In fact, um, just from a statistical standpoint, he may have had his best year as a pro in his first year with the Packers, uh, and there was a reason why they paid him what they did, right? So um, when you look at it, he had the most tackles in a single season for his career. Um, he was one under um, his total for pass defense uh, with eight last year. Uh, in the previous season, he had nine with the Bears. Um, he tied his career high with two interceptions. Uh, and uh, realistically, for coming into a new scheme and the fact that after Raven Green went down, 
uh, Amos had to move around a little bit more than what I think they originally intended uh, and had some additional responsibilities uh, that they, I don't think, were planning on having to use him for, uh, particularly early in the season. I couldn't have been more impressed. I think he pretty quietly had a really good year uh, for the Packers. And, and you're right, uh, without the Smith brothers there, uh, he would have been the guy that everyone would have been talking about. Um, and um, uh, he came right in in week one and made that interception against the Bears and, and uh, really sealed the win. So uh, I think Amos, and he continued to be productive all throughout the season. Uh, so um, I, I was really pleased with his performance, and there's no reason to think he isn't going to replicate or even go to a higher level uh, this season, uh, perhaps uh, particularly, I think interceptions might be something, even though he's never been a, a high interception guy. If if we're able to let him settle in and more uh, and not have to cover quite as much ground uh, as he did last year, I think that could really be unleashing him uh, both around the line of scrimmage. He might get a couple more sacks. You might see him get uh, sent on a few more blitzes, uh, and he might be able to uh, take a few more gambles uh, to cause a, a few more turnovers this year as well. Um, so, Dane, I think then let's let's go right and look at the other guy, Darnell Savage. Um, we both love this kid yeah. coming into year two. He was a first-round pick last year. For the most part, stayed pretty healthy um, and uh, was able to be productive out there. Uh, but um, what is your assessment of what we saw from Darnell last year and, and what do you think he can – build on uh, to take it into this season yeah and you know i he was named to the nfl's all rookie team last season and uh ended up playing 14 games he got bit a bit uh, by the injury bug partway through the season and i really think that that actually hampered his development a little bit um uh, i expect more splash plays out of him in year two wags um you know he, he had a he had a couple nice picks uh, he's definitely not afraid to get up there and, and hit guys, so I really like uh, his style of play. He's a physical safety that can also play some coverage. Uh, there's talk uh, of him that he's got the talent to play, maybe play the nickel position at times and move around the field. So that kind of guy in this kind of defense, um, you can never have too many of them. Um, I think he could be a special talent, Wags, going into year two. And I know you and I have talked in, in previous uh, podcasts and, and other ways through through Lombardi's Legends, and um, you really think he could make a year two leap, do you not? Absolutely. I think this is a guy that was, again, actually pretty quietly very productive. Uh, there was not any situations where I said, ooh, uh, for the most part, boy, you can tell he's a rookie. Um, he was very mature in his level of play, I think, right away. Um, so that it, that in itself was really impressive to me. Uh, and and you hit on it exactly. I think the splash plays for Darnell, um, while Amos may or may not, uh, get a few more interceptions. I think he's, I, I think Darnell Savage is the guy that honestly could be someone that could, I dare I say, um, uh, get up there amongst the lead leaders. I'm sorry, league leaders eventually, um, uh, maybe not this season. And, and those tend, interceptions tend to, you know, uh, fluctuate a bit year to year, but he's the guy that I really think 
could become unleashed and just um, play instinctually uh, to the level that he's capable of. He's got such um, uh, such good closing speed. Um, he used that really well to come up and, and make some some tackles last year. Uh, but I think if he's able to really settle in and read what the offenses are doing um, and really communicates and trusts uh, the, the guys around him, like I think he will, uh, based on the talent that we have uh, in that secondary group, uh, he he could be uh, in line to have a really special year. Uh, so I I am I think the sky's the limit for this kid, and I'm super excited to see what he's able to do. Uh, so Dan, same same body type and similar play style, I think, to Nick Collins. Um, so just just he's kind of the comp to me. A little bit, so uh, I'm not saying he is Nick Collins because I, I think you and I both think Nick Collins, uh, you know, was, his career was shortened by that that horrible injury. Um, but um, he's number 26. If you are 36, you'd look at him and how he he roams the field a little bit like Nick Collins. Let's hope he can grow more and more into that role because if he's anywhere near Nick Collins. Um, we have a very special talent on our hands. <laughs> it's so funny because I bit my tongue. I was going to say <laughs> Nick Collins. Literally, I was going to say Nick Collins. And, and the only reason I didn't is because I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, I think Darnell has the – I think he has the raw tools in talent to get there yeah. eventually. But Nick Collins, if his career is not shortened by injury, I, I mean, realistically, we're talking about a pro I'm, – I'm sorry – a Hall of Fame level test. Yes. Uh, yep. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, Darnell, <laughs> let's just take it a step at a time. But it's easy to see, and I think it's very fair, and it's easy to see where you can have that that comp because that's that's I definitely see that playmaking ability uh, as, as potential uh, in Darnell Savage, and uh, it's all about just having it all come together out on the field. Um, no doubt. So, Dane, let's talk about, I think, another couple of guys. Our, our primary, um, at least at this point in time, uh, I would say our primary um, uh, backups, if you will, and that are, they're going to get out on the field, uh, are Raven Green and Will Redman. And these are two guys that definitely have a leg up in terms of uh, being uh, ready to get out there on the field, uh, either in the case of injury, but also um, in certain packages and passing situations. Uh, we saw both of them. Uh, Raven certainly dealt with injuries um, almost the whole year, uh, but uh, we saw both of them get out on the field quite a bit, um, even with both Amos and Savage last year. Um, so walk us through these guys, because I think um, we're going to continue to see both of them be involved to a certain extent. Um, and I think, why don't we start with Will Redman? What What are your overall thoughts on what we saw from Will and, and what you think you might expect to see from him this season? Yeah, and I mean, with Will Redman, I, I, I can't start without saying he was an absolute standout on special teams last season. Um, third phase of the game, he was just a monster. I think he led the team in tackles, if I'm not mistaken, special teams unit. Um, he, he played all over when he was able to get, uh, on the field last season on the defensive side of the ball, uh, played in that hybrid role that, uh, and I know we'll talk about Raven Green as well, that safety, uh, inside linebacker role that Coach Petten likes to see, uh, his safeties be able to play in. 
Um, you know, I just, I really think that he, he is, um, become and grown into a guy that this Packer team relies on. I remember when we signed him a few years ago, uh, he's going into his, uh, third season in Green Bay. Um, you know, he, he was drafted as a cornerback by the, the 49ers, a third round pick. He was a highly graded out guy. Uh, and then, he uh, lost a season to a, a horrible knee injury, a ACL tear, and um, a lot of people didn't think he had the speed anymore, and, you know, he moved to the safety position. And Wags, um, he still showed, I thought, quite a bit of speed, but also he's got that nasty streak in him uh, that you look for out of a defensive back. Uh, and you watch him play, and you start to go, oh, man, this guy's just a pretty good football player in Green Bay. Um, so um, what he showed on the field, I thought, was uh, on the defensive side of the ball was very strong. But I thought with uh, adding the special teams talent, it's no surprise that the Packers brought him back. And um, while he'll still be fighting for a, a, a you know a position on this roster, I think with the special teams uh, that he brings, that definitely elevates him. And I think that he's got an inside track uh, for for a role this season in Green Bay. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think you hit on a key point. Uh, he's not someone that I've necessarily played a lot of safety in his career. And that's uh, been something that he's transitioned to. And, and not only that, after Raven Green went down last year, uh, he was basically thrust into the position that the Packers were planning to use Raven in. And they're two different guys. Uh, you know, they, they play basically the same position, but um, that wasn't – I think how they were planning to use Will Redman and he just got more and more comfortable. You could see as the year went on. And that was, I think a key reason why the Packers said, yeah, this is a guy we want to bring back. Um, he proved that not only could he play that position well, but he is someone that we really feel strongly has uh, some, some of that positional versatility. And I think he's someone that in the case of an injury to either uh, Darnell Savage or uh, Adrian Amos, knock on wood, um, I would feel uh, pretty comfortable with filling in, um, in more so uh, than I would have in past seasons with some of the guys that we had. Uh, so uh, Will Redman, uh, at a, as a safety, I think really um, uh, proved that he just uh, grew into his own last year. Uh, and this is a guy that I think uh, has a future uh, as as a safety in this league, um, maybe not even just as a backup, but might even uh, prove that he's willing to or has the ability to knock on the door. So uh, depending on what opportunity he gets this year, um, it would be sad to see him move on, but he might mm -hmm. get a bigger opportunity for a bigger role uh, next off season uh, where the Packers are going to not going to be a position to be able to match. And I think that's what he's playing for this year. Uh, so he's going to be very motivated to prove that he's a guy that can do that. And that would be sort of a win-win situation for the Packers and Will Redman for this upcoming season. Good point. Good point. And, um, you know, on the other side of that then is Raven Green, uh, the safety, uh, and I think the name of the game with him, Wags, is um, staying healthy. He's had, I thought, has shown a lot of flashes uh, when he's been able to be on the field, but unfortunately, he's both of his last two seasons have ended with him being on the IR. He was activated last season before um, the NFC Championship game, but um, 
but he, you know, he wasn't able to play in that game. But curious what your take is on Raven Green because you've got Raven Green and then the Packers have a bunch of other guys that they brought in both via the draft and undrafted, and they all seem to be a little bit similar, uh, more of that hybrid role, and that's what it seems like the Packers like out of Raven Green. So walk us through what you think about Raven Green's possibility of making this roster this year. Yeah, and it's interesting how you phrase that, the possibility of making this roster, because uh, this is a guy that clearly they had big plans for last year and before he got hurt. So you would think that he definitely has the inside track, and he, and he very may well still have the inside track. I think he's a guy that Coach Patton really likes um because of how well he knows this defense uh, and um, all of the things that he can do specifically in that hybrid role. That said, the injury concerns are very real. And so I I think he's far from a guarantee to make this roster. Uh, If there's some, uh, some of these other guys are able to make a push uh, behind him uh, and depending on, um, what Raven's able to do from both the health standpoint in camp as well as how well he's able to prove that he can continue to contribute uh, to special teams because he's one of those guys that will need to contribute to special teams. His, his spot is, is not guaranteed. I, I definitely think he's got uh, a leg up, but um, he's going to have to prove the health uh, more than anything, I think, uh, leading up into the season. Uh, for the Packers to feel comfortable. Uh, and then, uh, of course, it will depend on the performance of those other guys behind him. Uh, but uh, Raven uh, is, is someone I actually have quite a bit of confidence with, and so I am hoping that uh, he can uh, come in healthy and stay healthy because I think there's a number of different ways that he may contribute, uh, even if uh, he isn't going to be quite as heavily involved at that hybrid position. I don't think they're going to make plans around that based on what they've seen from him from a health standpoint. But I, I definitely think he's a piece that if he can be healthy early on, that uh, the Packers would would be happy to have available uh, to be able to contribute and use as needed. Yeah, and I look at, you know, I, I ask that because I look at Vernon Scott, the seventh round pick from the Packers, um, guy with uh, quite a bit of size. I mean, he's listed at, you know, 6'2", over 200 pounds, um, rangy guy. Seems like he could also be one of those hybrid inside linebacker safety guys, um, and I expect him to kind of get worked out in that role in training camp. So, um, you know, watching him, he's going to be fighting for a roster spot or at the very least a practice squad spot. Uh, there's no doubt, Wags, or very little doubt, that they brought in Vernon Scott and some of these others to push Raven Green. And um, I agree with you. I like Raven Green quite a bit. It's just can he stay healthy? And if he can't, it seems like the Packers have brought in some youth behind him waiting in the wings to maybe uh, earn a role in this Packers defense. Yeah, and it might be come down to if Vernon Scott can prove that, you know, he's worthy of a roster spot, all else being equal, he's going to get the spot, I think, over Raven Green if it comes down to that. Um, because he's younger, he's less expensive, albeit it's not a huge difference, uh, but has probably a little bit more 
um, development potential, and not to mention um, he's a guy that uh, doesn't have those uh, history of those nicks and bruises. Uh, you know, that's where some of the experience can actually play against us. Uh, someone like Raven Green, uh, who's been in the league a few years, uh, you kind of know what, what you've got, and that track record can sort of work against you at a certain point. So um, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, it's no guarantee that the Packers are going to keep more than four of these guys, depending on who they keep at the DB level, if it's six or seven. Um, and there's quite a bit of positional versatility there, as we already talked about last time. So we may not have more than four of these guys on the final roster. Yeah. And I, and just a couple other guys as I, I, I go through the list that the Packers brought in, um, after they drafted Vernon Scott late, uh, two undrafted players, Henry Black and Frankie Griffin. Um, Henry Black was an absolute stud at Baylor. Um, he's another guy, uh, hybrid guy, safety linebacker. And he just smokes guys. Uh, he was a leader on the defense. Um, I read on, uh, Cheesehead TV, uh, they said that, um, the, his teammates voted to give him a single digit, uh, jersey number. And that's an honor only given to the most respected players on the team. Uh, so he's definitely a leader of that defense. And he's a guy that'll just punch you in the mouth. And then Frankie Griffin, uh, a guy who, um, a ton of tackles. Uh, he also, uh, you know, he played uh, at Texas State, played down there in Texas. Uh, Wags, you've highlighted the Packers seem to show uh, an affinity for Texas guys this last season, another hybrid guy. So there's no doubt about it that the Packers are looking at that hybrid position and they're trying to fill that role with uh, who they, who they uh, signed uh, both in free agency and uh, through the draft. They're looking to get better. They're looking to bring in competition there uh, in that position. And then I guess it looks like may the best man win. Uh, that's exactly right. I give each of these two guys basically just as much of an opportunity to push to make the roster as Scott has. And Frankie Griffin, you just touched on him. He was a tackling machine, had a ton of experience, played in over 43 games in his four years at Texas State. Um had had twenty five and a half tackles for a loss and two hundred and twelve total tackles. Wow, that's that's insane production for a safety at the college level. Um, so this guy likes to come up and hit, uh, and he might be another one that they give a long look at uh, and in kind of that hybrid role. So um, if he can come in here and and kind of turn some heads, um, he's going to have as much of a chance as anyone. Uh, to, to push to make the roster as well. So I like what they did here uh, with these three young guys that they brought in in the draft and the undrafted free agency um, is, is a way to really have a number of different options to not only push Raven Green, but potentially to have a maybe a better option, or maybe they end up uh, uh, keeping five guys um, and uh, you've got someone that you can really uh, continue to develop and have waiting in the rings uh, if needed uh, for at some point during the season. Yeah, you got to think that one or two of these guys is making a practice squad if they don't make the active roster. Packers seem to like to have some of those uh, those positional groups um, uh, put together there because, I mean, they, the Packers are, are notorious uh, for, um, you know, really using their practice squad as just an extension of the arm uh, of their team. They're not one of those teams that sign a lot of guys off the street mid-season. 
uh, they really like to develop guys off their practice squad and then bring them up. I mean, look no further than Alan Lazard. Uh, Evan Bayless is another guy who, who's, you know, been called up a, a fair number of times. Uh, but but it, it looks like, uh, you know, the Packers are, are going to have quite a bit of depth, and they're going to use that depth in the preseason and then hopefully be able to sign them to practice squads if they aren't able to make the roster. And you got to think that these guys that we've listed, Wags, um, if they're not on the game day roster week one, by week five, six, ten, we're going to see their names, we're going to see their jerseys, and they're going to be flashing out there at Lambeau Field. Yeah. So, Dane, one of the last things, since we didn't touch on him last time when we talked about the cornerbacks, can we talk just a, a, a real quickly about uh, Coach Jerry Gray? He's coming in as the new defensive backs coach, um, and he was with the Vikings and Coach Zimmer's staff. What do you know about him, and, and how do you think uh, his – uh, experience might impact uh, the development and level of play that we see uh, not only from this safety group, but from the cornerback group and, and really this secondary unit overall. Yeah, he's got a ton of experience, Wags. I mean, he was, a, you know, going back to his time in college, um, you know, he, he was a University of Texas guy, All-American, played in the pros for a fair number of years as well. And um he just seems to be very, very highly regarded uh, as a defensive backs coach. Um, I was very pleased to get him. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience uh, working with a lot of talent. Um, you know, he, he's he's coached all across the NFL as well. And, um, you know, I, I guys that stick out at the safety position in particular, Wags, uh, was, uh, you know, he was the Seattle Seahawks defensive backs coach. Uh, back in the day when he coached Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. Uh, now those guys are freak talents, uh, but also, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to have, um, you know, a coach that was around young talent, uh, of Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, especially when we're looking at a Deshaun Amos and a Darnell Savage. Um, different styles of players, but the same kind of mentality where you want those young talents feeding off of each other. So i um, excited to see Coach Gray in Green Bay and, um, you know, the chance to have his wisdom after all of his years coaching in the NFL. Uh, it's an added bonus to this unit. Yeah, he has that, the bona fides and the credibility, right? Because not only in Seattle, but uh, his work with Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes uh, with yeah. the Vikings, and they were both uh, first-team All-Pro uh, and made several. I mean, I think they were Pro Bowlers. Pretty, they've been Pro Bowlers pretty much every year he was with the Vikings. So, uh, you know, certainly those two guys are very talented too, but um, from a development standpoint, what he's able to do, you've got to give uh, him some some of that credit. It's not like it was just one or two guys that he happened to have uh, that were super talents. Um, if you go through his career, he's uh, certainly uh, developed and had a hand in uh, some of the uh, several guys uh, having a lot of success. So um, it's really exciting when you think about uh, where some of these guys are in their career, like a Jair Alexander or a Darnell Savage, uh, where they might be ready to make that next step. 
uh, that uh, Coach Gray uh, could be that uh, uh, missing link, if you will, to help them get there. Uh, so I think uh, he's an excellent addition to the staff, and, and I'm excited to see what we're able to get out of this unit this year. Yeah, I think the defensive back unit uh, is one of the deepest units overall that the Packers have on the roster. Uh, it's a great mix of established talent and young talent and untapped potential. And um, I expect uh, more leaps this season, both at cornerback and safety, and a lot, a lot, a lot of competition in camp. Absolutely. So, Dean, any closing thoughts on – this safety group, um, I, I know we, I think we basically covered everything, but um, I don't know if you have anything else to add as far as uh, any predictions or bold, uh, you know, uh, statements around what we might see from them overall. Wags, I just, I, I look back to a couple of years ago, it was one of the most depleted units I've ever seen in Green Bay. Um, we had, it just was not the safety unit in particular. There just was a huge void in talent. And I look at the roster today compared to two to three seasons ago, and I look at, quite frankly, Raven Green and Will Redmond would have been your starting safeties in Green Bay two or three seasons ago. And now they're both back, top backups, uh, playing behind, um, you know, two uh, very, very talented safeties. So uh, a huge kudos to the coaching staff and to the uh, front office to address that need and address that need aggressively. Uh, there's no more patchwork at the safety position. They decided that they wanted to strengthen the middle of the football field, and uh, that's what they did in the safety position. And now we're not wondering, oh, is so-and-so going to step up? What we're truly wondering is how great can this unit truly be and um, I think that they can play at an incredibly high level this season and going forward due to how youthful that they are. Totally. Um, so there you have it, folks. Uh, that is our safety uh, positional preview. Uh, a lot of things to be looking forward to uh, if or when camp breaks. So let us know your thoughts. And, and thanks so much for listening along. Um, as always, uh, rate and review us. It really helps us. Uh, know how we're doing and, and make us get found. Share us with a friend um, and um, um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, we started to do those Sunday night conversations. So right around 8 o'clock is when we've been doing our Sunday night um, conversations on Instagram Live. So if you're on Instagram and, and want to join us, uh, for those, we, we just love having a quick check-in and engagement with you all. So it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm really gearing up here, Dane. Uh, I'm ready I'm to ready. go. I, I know I keep saying it, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we'll be back to do another positional preview, uh, here in the next week or so. Uh, until then, uh, as always, say it with us. Go pack, go. Go pack, go.